Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping. This is episode 55. I'm your host, M. With me is Rager Close, Jackson Tyler. Hello, hello, friends. And special guest, former third chair, Destiny. Hi, everybody. <gasps> Hi, Destiny. You're back. I am. I've missed you so. So how's everybody doing? Uh, a note, if we set, if we end up talking about something that seems hopelessly out of date, we're recording this on October the 8th to come out on, like, Halloween or whatever. So please enjoy that. Uh, what's everybody been up to? Uh, I mean, we'll start with Destiny. You're, like, our guest. You can go first. I am, like, a guest. Um, not much, you know. Badland Girls uh, were, were nominated for a fancy local award. Um, let's see. I've been playing an ungodly amount of style-savvy trendsetters, like, for no reason, just because it's just fun to make outfits. It's a very soothing game. That's a reason. It's a soothing game. Um, Other than that, I've just been working hard for the money, so you better treat me right. What? (laughs) Does that mean you're buying lunch? (laughs) <laughs> no that means you should buy her lunch i'm uh i'm pretty strapped for cash myself so no that's not gonna happen yeah, i can buy you lunch you don't need to buy my you don't need to buy my lunch i've <laughs> um uh, i've gone back to school i'm back in the school in the university land uh of education and joy and fun and if you're following me on twitter you know all about how that has been going tell me about your education i love education i love it what do you what have you learned nothing Uh, you've been going to school for two weeks you learned nothing no i've learned i don't know uh we we have looked at british film we've learned that british film is often concerned with history who knew? Who knew? Is it because you're so old? <laughs> uh, it's because we're so old and because the idealized version of Britain that we sell and market to the outside world is fucking Maggie Smith. I love Things her. everyone knew. Things everyone knew. Anyway, uh, but no, it's, it's it's been fun. I love her too. Uh, it's a shame that when she dies, all production of period dramas was legally forced to stop. That's not true. Colin Firth's still around. <laughs> okay, that's true. Uh, but yeah. No, the only school thing that's been happening with me is getting into fights with the fucking like, guy in our class who's still quoting TV tropes like their truths and getting yelling about authors inserting ideology into their work. And oh. How dare authors put their opinions in their work? Yeah, it's... it's uh... It's like, what if Twitter 2014 was happening in my classroom? And I don't... That's, that's a bad thing. Mm. No one wants uh, that. Jackson, you went to the gaming club at your school? No, I went to the anime club. There was a clash. I thought you were also going to the gaming club. I'm signed up for the gaming club, but I haven't gone to one yet because there was a clash. Oh, okay. Uh, have you, gotten in, has have you gotten in any sword fights? N- no, I haven't gotten in any sword fights. The gaming club, I was going to go along, but they're, they're like... Uh, this year they're focusing more on like teams, lots of competition about who was getting to the going to get into the League of Legend team for our school. Uh, who's going to? Oh, you should learn it. League of Legends. I'm not because I would let the team down and be yelled at all the time. You should learn League of Legends. You could be our league person. I'm not going to be our league person. Teach us about league. So okay, so there's three lanes. 
How does Pudge work? <laughs> that's not League. You what know that's Pudge? not League. Don't. Uh, what about what about Queen of Pain? I like Queen of Pain. Uh Quap Top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of this is League. This is what all are you Dota. talking about? This is what all are you Dota. talking about? This is about? all Dota. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, and then I played a bunch of Sonic. <laughs> uh, sure. Tell us about your Sonic adventure with Sonic Adventure. Nope, not now. Not after that. <laughs> <laughs> Won't do it. Whatever. But no, people come here for the good times. You uh, tell people about goddamn Sonic. Oh, it's fine. They got places to go. Uh... <laughs> I uh, did you just drop me from the call? No, no you're okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I had a click. Not while we're recording. I'm not. I that's too much work. Okay, um, that is some yeah. low shade too. <laughs> I uh, had had Jamie around. We were who's a buddy of mine. We we're like bored. We're like what are we gonna load up? And we loaded up Sonic Adventure, and they just played basically through all of Sonic's route. That game's pretty good. It's also pretty bad in many parts. There's a bit where you're inside a casino and you like turn into a ball and play pinball for ten fucking minutes to get four hundred rings, and it's and awful. it's really bad pinball. It's n- oh, it's so bad pinball. You're so slow. Oh, mm-hmm. it's awful. Uh, but the parts where it is just 3D Sonic is good, uh, quite good. Uh, I've realised that I enjoy 3D Sonic a lot more than 2D Sonic just because I'm I'm a tiny tiny child baby. Uh, yeah, you want to talk about like being of your generation? Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. it right that's there. That's the one. Yeah, that's the uh, thing that separates you from us old fogies. Because I'm like, I think I, I think I prefer 3D Sonic more than <laughs> 2D Sonic. To be fair, I, I like. So I played. I went back and like messed about with the 90s games just to have a little point of comparison for the podcast. I haven't finished any of them. Uh, Sonic One's kind of bad, but Sonic Two and Three are both. I enjoyed what I played, but like without the homing attack and without. Uh, the actual focus on the ridiculous speed and also uh, the the fact that the, the 3D games, because they keep the same design, but they're in 3D, the abstraction of space is so like heightened. Uh, I just prefer what they're doing. And the 2D games, are, they're fine, but they're not for me. Uh, and obviously the uh, adventure has so many more rough edges in that it has the world's worst uh, like Zelda game as a framework. Uh, mm-hmm. And... A bunch of like gimmick levels that are really bad, but no, I, I have enjoyed it a lot. I've heard Modern Sonic get a lot of got a lot of shit, and I played Sonic Heroes when I was younger. It's not a great game. Like I, I get it, I get why Sonic is has the position he does, but Sonic Adventure's fine, and I'm told Sonic Adventure Two is better, and I'm excited to to play that. I really like Sonic Adventure Two. That's yep. my fucking jam. Yeah, I need to play these. I've never played them. I mean, you don't need to. They're fine. Yeah, I'm <laughs> curious. You can yeah. play Sonic Adventure 2. Play Sonic Adventure 2. It's yeah. good. Okay. Where do, where do I play it? Steam. Okay, we will do. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I have been playing The Witcher 3 because somebody <laughs> bought me Witcher 3 Game of the Year Edition for my birthday and ruined my life. I so, did. Thanks, Jackson. I, I like, <laughs> came up to you on Slack and was like, sorry, <laughs> I bought you a game. Yeah, you were like, "Here, I have this code lying around. This one isn't an extra because sometimes you just toss me your extra codes." I went and bought this; it was on sale. And I was at work. I was like, "I can't redeem this. Just tell me what it is right now because I'm curious." Yeah. Like it's Witcher Three. I'm like, "God damn it, Jackson! Why do you do this to me?" Yeah. I was going to wait until January to yeah. play The Witcher Three, but instead, here it is, good old Geralt of Rivia, ha- hanging around, being fucking medieval cop man. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the the one point you did make was that now. 
when you destroy your life playing The Witcher 3. You can blame me. No, I know. It's great. And I mean, you did save me like 30 bucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. So. <laughs> and uh, how is it? So Witcher 3 is really good. Um, oh, shocker. If you don't know, because people might not know, uh, except if you listen to this podcast, The Witcher is about Geralt, good old Jerry. Uh, nope. Jerry Rivers. That's his name. Um, and he's a witcher, which means that basically they're like taken when they're children and subjected to a bunch of weird mutations that turn their hair white and give them weird cat eyes. And they basically become like superhumans to go around the world and rid the world of monsters that like attack people. Uh, like they're generally kind of like X-Files, but in medieval Poland and they're ready to fuck shit up. Uh, and that stuff's great. There's a lot of like investigation and looking at books to figure out what weaknesses monsters have so you can apply like potions to your swords and make sure you're casting the right spells when you go up against monsters to fight them so they don't murder you. Uh, and that's just great. Witcher 3 is like a big open world game in a way that The Witcher and The Witcher 2 were not. Uh, it's like, oh, we got this huge land space and you can run around mm -hmm. and do quests. But like... Minute to minute, it's not actually that much different than the other Witchers, other than it's clearly made for a console audience first, in that it is, like, control-wise, so much simpler than The Witcher 1, for sure, and even The Witcher 2, a little bit. Uh, you just ride around on your horse, pull out your sword, light and heavy attacks. Like, it's not, it's not very intense, which is fine. It's mood, though, of, like, sun-drenched but desolate, like, Nordic plains is unmatched. I really like the way that like moving through that space feels because like because jerry rivers is what he is he's very lonely person like character and the world you inhabit also feels just like people who just live in like villages with like 20 people and there's nobody around for 100 miles because that's how people used to live and it all just feels very like threatening and desolate and beautiful and i like that stuff a lot um and then I took that $30 that you saved me, Jackson. I bought Picross 3D Round 2 for the 3DS. Oh, yeah. Which is a great game. It's a sequel to Picross 3D, which was one of the better uh, DS games. Uh, if you don't know what Picross is, it's like, it's kind of like Sudoku, but if you were drawing pictures instead of making number grids, it's like a logic puzzle that involves you like almost Minesweeper-esque chipping away at like a board and then at the end you get a picture out of it um and the 3d stuff then deals with like depth where you're like chipping away at a cube and this game introduces there's like two colors is blue and yellow and blue squares that you fill in are like solid cubes but then yellow squares end up like once you've cleared the row end up sh like turning into curves and like triangles and weird shapes so the models you make end up being like really complex and that's kind of the best part in that the game offers uh like the things that come out the other end look more like real world objects than they did in the original 3d picross because of how much they can fudge it with those yellow shapes um and while you're collecting all of these like tiny miniature cubic models of things uh you are subjected to some of the best nintendo-esque smooth jazz music just total eShop aesthetic we will it's definitely really drop good. some of that music in this podcast it's, it's choice really it is so good uh, I highly recommend it. It's, I think it's kind of easy because I play too much Picross. Yeah, that uh, I think it. I think it's a really good intro point for someone who like wants to enjoy a Picross game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a little pricey. Like it's you know it's thirty dollars. It's a full. It was a full game in Japan, and came out in on eShop only in America. I think you're getting a retail version, Jackson, right? 
I think I think it's like um, Rhythm Heaven in that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's not. Where, a yeah, rhythm, uh, rhythm heaven. We got, we only had eShop, and you have a physical version for that, right? I have it on pre-order from Amazon. Oh, nice, cool. That's a good game. Yeah. Uh, Fuck, I'm excited. That's, like, that's mostly what I've been playing. I guess I'm kind of back into video games again a little bit. Same. Like I played the FIFA, and you know, I did a lot of stuff. But you didn't talk about FIFA. I didn't talk. Or about did you FIFA. talk about that last podcast? Nope. Okay. No, because the last time we recorded uh, was in the late seventies. We recorded like two weeks ago, Jackson. That wasn't this podcast. Oh, right, right, right. We <laughs> recorded like three weeks ago, Jackson. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. But Tell us about FIFA. So, I don't know if you've played FIFA, but it's that. Uh, but this time they have a story mode. And it's fine, question mark? Has there not been a story mode in FIFA before? Nope. First one. Okay. Okay, I didn't know. And it, like one of the cool things about it is that uh, unlike the absolutely fucking ludicrous stuff that happens in nba as you take your face scanned player uh who in every video game site is always some white dude and then the video game because it's a basketball game is uh like the the player is acted and captured by a black guy and then you always get the thing of nick brecken comes along but he's frequency vibrations and his you know he's living here and he's got all his black friends uh but here they just have a character who you play as an every you can't change the model and i much prefer that approach because it uh it gives a separation between you and the character and uh also uh it's a it's good that the character isn't he, he isn't white he's just a black guy and i like that i like that uh that is a thing because FIFA doesn't like need to put a dude on the box or they do but he's always a footballer that's famous so they can actually uh do some interesting stuff by including uh you know more uh diverse protagonists in their fucking story mode but apart from that one interesting thing it's like the world's most baby my first sports drama ever made and it's fine it's competent i enjoy it um uh i can like see the makings of a much better game in there because um of how like the uh, like you're playing as alex hunter this main guy but you don't want to do that you don't want to just control him in the match because then it's boring you have to control the whole team and and this the dynamic is off and the story yeah so it's fine it's an interesting experiment i'm glad that um like sports games are beginning to realize that if you just stick a fucking visual novel in there uh your sports game improves tenfold because it gives a structure to uh, like uh, this complex needlessly ridiculous thing uh and so i'm excited to see where it goes i guess but right now i wouldn't like recommend it or anything but fifa's good for being fifa also so that's fun yeah what's the character's name alex hunter alex hunter so you does he does he have a nickname like the president of basketball <laughs> no because no, he's cool because you, you're always alex hunter you don't need a nickname. But you but can, like, hunter. just call him, like, Alex Silent Hunter Hunter. I mean, maybe at some point I will have to choose a nickname. I mean, no, that's no, because that's not, like, like in basketball, that's a thing, right? Characters, uh, characters, people will put on personas and have nicknames as part of the sport. Like, that just cap- can happen in basketball. That never happens in football. Does that mean FIFA doesn't have the thing where you, like, have to give, like, a press conference talk after a game? Okay, so that is always a post- match interview which is how they do them over here it's one-on-one with like some uh person and they'll always say hey good goal you scored what do you think and then you have three choices and they're always the same fucking choices you can either say yeah it's great scored a great goal or oh thankful for the opportunity to score the great goal or man the team really helps me score a great goal and every single dialogue choice is that every uh time. renee young comes up to you and says you're feeding with seamus how much do you want to kill yourself right now <laughs> you know 
if they put this kind of thing in a wrestling game we'd finally have a good wrestling game i mean they totally have backstage interview segments with renee young in the wrestling game they're just not good yeah no but it would have to be stuff like that <laughs> yeah please next time in the wrestling game put in the talking smack set let us have weird fake shoot promos on talking smack yeah you hear us <laughs> cooling you out yeah let me cut a promo on 2k games for making bad wrestling games in the wrestling game <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Destiny, you have anything else, or are you just style-savvy all the time? I am style-savvy all the time. My girl likes to style-savvy all the time. Okay. Well, that, uh, takes us out of what we've been playing, but we have Comics Corner, which everybody can contribute to. Jackson, tell us about the Ultimate Fantastic Four. Oh, no. So I've been making my way through the Ultimate Universe, much to everyone else's on Twitter's enjoyment. Uh, I feel like they're very popular tweets. People like the fucking bullshit that is Ultimate Marvel. As well they should, because it's very, very, very bad. And I finally yeah, got... Yeah, no, no, they, to... like, they like not having to read it, yeah. to be fair. And Ultimate Spider-Man is good. It's what keeps me going. If it was all bad, I would stop. Uh, but Ultimate Spider-Man continues to be good. There was a nice little arc with... Um, it was three issues of Peter Parker losing his goddamn mind because he's a child uh, when he, he destroys the kingpin by, like, recording evidence of him murdering someone and then uh, releasing that to the world. And they're like, oh, he's a murderer. He's going to go to jail now. But he's rich, so he doesn't. And then Peter's like, why? How could this happen? <laughs> and has a breakdown. I know. He's so he's so innocent. Protect Peter. Um I'm sure I'm sure that everything will turn out just fine for Peter Parker, don't you worry. <laughs> oh, I'm sure nothing could happen to him. Yeah, no, I mean, he's Peter Parker. Peter nothing Parker. bad happens what to Peter we... Parker. Exactly. Mm-mm, not at all. Mm-mm. But Ultimate Fantastic Four is, it's, um, I'm just going to go deep on comic talk, okay? Uh, it's Bendis and Miller writing together, which, huh, weird. And you can tell, because it's, it's just a strange thing. Um, it's, uh. So, so so now it's now it's super dark, but also nothing happens. Is yeah, that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like they just kind of hang around, and uh, Reed's younger than everyone else. Like Reed meets Sue as a kid, and is like, "This is just this panel where they look at each other," and I'm like, "Hmm." And then they all grow up in a um, just in together. Uh, in in the Baxter building and they go to the end dimension. Wait, you mean they literally made Sue everybody's mom? Yeah. As opposed to just fake everybody's mom? Yeah. Great. And and uh, they all get thrown into a dimension and come back and everything. And, you know, it's Fantastic Four, but it's just kind of... Uh, Sue has nothing to do and is immediately kidnapped. So it's Fantastic Four confirmed. <laughs> uh, and, and, yeah, it was disappointing because I was hoping... Because, you know, the Fantastic Four, they're, they're good good thing but it wasn't it was more it was way more x-men than ultimate spider-man have you run across ultimate galactus yet no i've like okay i've bumped into victor but i haven't run across ultimate doom he's next next issue victor as we know him in this universe our good my good friend victor he's a doctor yes dr victor our family pediatrician victor (laughs) well no he helps work on the technology with read but then changes the the numbers at the last second so they all get blown into the alternate dimension and become the fantastic four oh they don't go to space and get like bombarded with solar rays no they go to a they're, 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 he's working on teleportation is the thing in this and mm. they're trying to tell mm. yeah no there's no there's no space there's no space what do you think of that no, no space 
as much as like I feel really strongly that Fantastic Four have to be born in the 60s in the same way that like Wonder Woman has to show up in World War II. Like it's just the rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, and go, getting away from that clearly like makes it immediately fall apart when they're not going to space to get bombarded with cosmic rays. That's the weird thing in that uh, originally the way that the Fantastic Four were portrayed in the Ultimate Universe were as like the heroes that came before. Like everyone talks about Reed Richards as this older hero who has existed for a while and was like one of the first ones, uh, which makes way more sense. And I would have preferred them to flash back to that, like to the sixties and do it that way. But no, they're just, they just retcon that to make them show up now. And it's a shame. Boo. Boo. So that's what's going on in comics. Destiny, what's going on in comics with you? Um, there's this girl named Josie and she has a roommate named Melody and they meet this girl named Valerie, and then they start this band called the Pussycats. That is not what they call their band. They call it Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then this other comic I'm reading, there's this girl, and she's a fashion blogger, and her old intern is stealing her boyfriend and her looks. And she... I don't... Go on. Okay. You can... No, go ahead. I'll object afterwards. Oh, I don't think she's actually doing it either. Okay, good. (laughs) But yeah, I'm reading uh, Snot Girl, and it's my favorite comic right now, because it's just the most over-the-top character, and and she's just so glamorous, but she's so petty, and it's wonderful, and she's also really allergic to everything, and hence the name. And then in this other comic I'm reading, there's these girls and they have a paper route and then these aliens come from the future and it's a mess. I don't know how to talk about that comic, but it's really good. It's called Paper Girl. Could you tell people what it's called? Okay, good. Uh, and, and in this other comic I'm reading, there's this girl. <laughs> and, oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like when she was a kid, this guy like hit her with a car on purpose and then like she started seeing these entities attached to people and then when she grows up she like you know sees them and starts this organization that's almost like a cult and like um it is a hundred percent a cult yeah it is but like anyway she teams up with this other lady whose husband died as a result of her cult it's crazy it's called clean room uh, should I keep doing this bit? Am I done? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. <laughs> you, should pick, you should pick a comic and talk about it. How about that? Oh, well, I, uh, Em and I have this, like, really good pull, our hard them comic book pull, and so, uh, I've been reading a bunch of Gem and the Holograms, and Clean Room, and Paper Girls, and Snot Girl, and, <sighs> what else? Uh, a bunch of, I, I've also been reading, I'm in, the very beginning of this Wonder Woman, Legend of Wonder Woman book that's really great. Uh, sidebar plug for M's Wonder Woman blog, because it's really good. All of the Wonder Woman. Uh, and so, yeah, just a lot of comics about cool people doing cool things. We'll pick one. I already, Tell us which one. I already did it. I'm done. I'm done with Comic Corner. Okay. All right. Uh, I will totally rep Clean Room today if we're going to talk about comics clean room is uh written by gail simone it is a great horror comic uh in that it 
totally just plays as kind of like a interesting procedural except that like once a comic something totally horrific happens and we are subjected to grotesque body horror and that part is great because you it kind of always comes out of nowhere and is always like a big full splash page of something gross and i love how much it just revels in being the grossest all the time uh-huh. uh it has some of the best demon design I have seen in a thing forever. I love, I love its weird, like too realistic grossness. Uh, if you have a strong stomach and like a good comic, clean rooms always it. Always show up for Gil Simone. That's like actually the rule. Nice. All right, that that's Comic Corner. So let's actually get Dark Game Club. <laughs> Our game club this month is Jazz Punk, which uh, developed by Necrophone Games. This came out on PC in t- the early 2014. Uh, has uh, since recently come to consoles. Or is it just PS4 or is it consoles? Just, just PS4. Okay. Came out on PS4. Nobody has an Xbox, so nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> and uh, was well regarded at the time as like a slick comedic experimental weird like absurdist game uh in the game you play secret agent polyblank uh i'm giving you this plot and way more coherently than the actual game does yes but uh you are in this weird like 50s through 70s like genre pastiche uh and you get missions from a guy in a subway and you take mission all, which is this drug that sends you on your missions. And there are like five of them. And each one is an excuse for a different setting and a bunch of gags. Most of the game involves walking around a space and poking at everything and listening to all of the voice actors mumble ridiculously into their microphones. Yeah. And then something goofy happens to them. Mm-hmm. I played this game when it came out. Uh, I have a lot of fondness for it. This is both of you guys' first times playing it, correct? Yes. I've I've played like an hour before. But no, no, not even okay. that much, like 20 minutes before. Uh, I did the first mission before, but not not that much. So, Jackson, do you want to start talking about how you felt about Jazz Punk? I really enjoyed Jazz Punk. Uh I uh, I I came in and I didn't really know like how uh, I was going to feel about it, obviously. Um because but like the first time I played it, I thought it was okay, but I was just kind of poking at things and didn't like have a drive, and I didn't like think everything landed, and that basically stayed true throughout the game. I don't think it's a masterpiece or anything, but it throws so much at the wall, uh, and it's there's like just they stuff every area full of so much goofy shit, and not all of it's hilarious, but the things that are are really funny and funny uh, in a way that it isn't like it's it's not. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example when you you played um uh lego batman 3 recently and yes. it was like which is uh, uh, the lego games are really good comedy games but this is nothing like that this doesn't have the like gag writing in the same way this has yeah. like, warrior wear style mini games for just random actions and uh just strange lines from every character and uh, uh so the best gag in the game uh to me well is it the best one one of the more obvious like in your face okay that's great gags is uh when you're walking in this digital space walking through a a virtual reality to escape it and i don't know like there's a lot of stuff going on and 
you go through it and you 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 reach a terminal and you click it and a, a blue screen appears like your computer's broken and you're like okay that's a good gag how do i get out of this you press a you know and it doesn't do anything and eventually you realize oh the the blue screen is being held in front of me in space by a rope <laughs> when you start turning the camera and that moment is hilarious i loved that it's so good uh because so it's all that kind of gags where like a thing will happen and you'll be like, oh, I get this. And then you'll it'll just like, have an extra beat to it. Uh, step into like kind of almost absurd non-comedy uh, or anti-comedy. I don't know. Like it's that kind of uh, tone that it plays with. And I, I love it for it. Um, the- Destiny, you go next. And then I'll, I'll come around last. Yeah, that gag made me laugh out loud. This game is so funny. Um. It also just has a beautiful sense of environment. You go through all these different chapters. Um, the first one being like this sort of urban area where you're going to the Russian consulate. Um, there's a bachelor pad. Oh, we'll, with... we'll break them down. Oh, okay, we'll okay. Down. Well, yeah. so go ahead. Well, the other thing I was going to say was uh, I knew that I knew a lot of stuff about this game without actually seeing it. So the actual look of the game and how everything is sort of like this weird alternate reality robot filled 1960s was really surprising and really fun um it reminded me a lot of this old sega genesis game from the 90s called the haunting starring Poltergeist, where you play this ghost who haunts this family by jumping into different objects around their house and then when the family members interact with the object something goofy happens like if you jump into a toilet a turd eating monster comes out and like if you jump into a television creepy music comes out like stuff like that um i feel like i oh there was this moment where i didn't realize that you got objectives because there's so many things to interact with that when the game started i thought oh everything's gonna be laid out as to what i need to interact with and what i need to look at and I accidentally found the objective screen and it just says like infiltrate the Russian consulate and it's like oh there's no like I didn't I expected more like I expected it to say like interact with these pigeons go mess with the phone booth like uh so that was kind of funny and surprising because yeah it, it totally buries your goals in order for you to like to force you to interact with all these like gags and some of them are secrets and some of them are super obvious and really really but this is all said in the most positive way because the purpose is to like amuse you and surprise you um the thing that i thought like the two things this game kind of reminds me of is like if you mash them together is like uh brennan chung's blendo games games in terms of uh general like 60s aesthetic but then if you ran it through like the airplane filter yeah because so many of the gags remind me a lot of like old-timey repetition jokes that would be in something like airplane uh one of the ones that is like super dumb but repeats enough times that as it repeats it gets funnier is when you like interact with something it has like the giant running stimpy like drawn hand that makes me and a bunch of times in the game every time you do that it would just like actually have the hand on a stick and you would just throw it down when you were done interacting with something yep 
Uh, and I that repeated that goof too. of you like, just constantly there's one throwing time hands at people uh, is like dumb the first time, but gets better as they repeat it. Uh, and a lot of the game works on that same uh, gag of like the joke is fine. Like it, none of like very few things in this game are laugh out loud funny, but the general tone is just like manic and zany enough that it ends up building on itself really well. In the second mission, like right at the beginning, you go to the sushi restaurant and the guy's like, "Sit down, have something to eat," and he gives you this thing to eat. And you eat it, and then he tells you what it is, and it's really gross. And you spit it at him, and he gets covered, and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Here, have this drink. And you take the drink, and you drink it, and he'll tell you what that is, and it's gross. And you spit it at him, and it'll just keep going through, like, a dozen things if you let it. Yep. Of you constantly <laughs> getting gross food and spitting it at him. And he's just covered in various levels of muck. And it's a dumb gag, but, like, the confidence with which to just sit there with it and let it be ridiculous is so good to me. Uh, so much of what this game does is, like... Funny games are usually in the context of, like, an adventure game like Tim Schafer does or whatever. Or, like, Lego Batman, where it is kind of just a game and then the narrative creates the jokes, like, in the writing. Like, oh, I'm going to solve this puzzle and then I will get another funny sequence in which something happens and jokes are told. Uh, Jazzpunk is one of the only games I can think of that tries to replicate, like, an environment of humor. Where you have to be an actor in, like, a scene that is, like... Uh, like it feels like improv or slapstick. Like you have to engage with it in the way that you would if you were like in a comedy more than having a comedy presented through you through like the lens of an author. And that's the thing that I think is like really special about it. Like a lot of it, like not all of it lands, but I think different things land for different people. And like, that's the sign that it's like really trying a bunch of different things and is like trying to open up the idea of what comedy can be in video games past where it is in most games now. And, like, that experiment, I think, is what makes the game really interesting. Uh, that it tries to do all of these things, even if they don't land. Uh, and, Jackson, I think you said WarioWare, it reminds you of. The thing that it kind of reminds me of is the stuff we talked about when we talked about Final Fantasy VII. Where, like, it yes. would take a break just to give you a one-off mechanic. Because it was, like, Final Fantasy VII was, like, trying to replicate all of these things in a game that could barely hold it together. And this game just does it because it recognizes that there's value in those discrete actions that only exist for this one purpose and then are immediately thrown away. Mm -hmm. And that stuff uh, that we call that is like especially good there is equally good here, even when it has like intent behind it when it didn't back then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's um, <laughs> another excellent gag in one of the last missions where you're doing a pillow fight. Uh, and you just have a pillow fight and it goes it goes on for a while like you have to actually win this pillow fight it's a fairly difficult part of the game uh and you do and the like final pillow hit like uh hits this girl out of the window <laughs> and she just goes <laughs> flying yeah and it comes out of nowhere because the rest of the uh like uh level has been super kind of just static and there's been goofs happening but nothing like that <laughs> and then you turn around and there you see a guy uh, like smoking in a chair and you turn the chair around and it's just a, a hand on a stick smoking mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's just it's just stuff like that i i think i would like like the, the humor of this game i don't know if this is like actually right but i'll throw it out there uh, and interrogate it like it feels almost like something that isn't explicitly a comedy like a hitman or whatever in which you like like a game like hitman is a game in which it presents itself serious but it can be incredibly goofy because you as an actor like 
approach it in a way that allows that but this is the same like spatial thing where you're poking at the environment to make things happen but like like explicitly with the goal of making them funny and not just as like an option because of the self-seriousness of the world yeah uh one of the things i think of in the first mission like when you cross one of the overpasses there's just a guy standing like on the overpass next to you and as you brush past him when you're like i'm just gonna clip this guy or whatever and like be past him because that's how everyone else works he like springs off of the overpass with like a wilhelm scream and lands in the middle of the street because you just like (laughs) ran into him and the game's uh insistence on like sometimes responding to you just being a protagonist in a video game with like incredible over exaggeration is really great uh, like another in like that feels like the end of the pillow fight where like you're in this penthouse it's like oh this pillow fight but then the last hit of course knocks her out of the window <laughs> she just goes flying uh the way that it uses like the kind of broken physical nature of npcs in that way is really good uh one of the the, the best gags is in the third level you're in a, like a resort and there's a pool and there's like a big line for the diving board, but the diving board is just kind of like a springboard. Like when you, when like you or any of the NPCs hit the end of it, they just get like a bounce to them. And so these NPCs are lining up to get on this diving board and then they just kind of bounce in the air like 20 feet and go in any direction seemingly. So they're just like bouncing into the pool, out of the pool, on the concrete, over a fence, into the parking lot. And they all just have the same like normal NPC bark of yay, wee, cannonball. <laughs> and that stuff is so good. Yeah, it's it's great. So uh, I figured we would break down level by level what yep. we liked here. Yes. Um, so the first level is the Russian consulate, but in reality, it is the square outside the Russian consulate um, in which you get to like, it's kind of your big first area. So you get to explore around the sides before you go inside and inside is a little bit of a mission, but it's actually pretty short outside of that. Uh, any particular things people want to mention from that? We'll go around in a circle. Jackson, you can go. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's very cool as like a first level because you none of the other levels are structured in this way, and they just have the big playground. Uh, there's slightly like, the the hotel level kind of is, uh, but this is the most explicit as all right. Here's just a space for you to poke at before you go through this big door, and uh, I'm thinking some of the the like great gags from that but like you said about the um the guy on the overpass and there's the the uh homeless guy who you see multiple times throughout the game and the first time you like he just says a bunch of like ridiculous stuff and then just goes oh look behind you and you do and then obviously he's not there when you look back and there's like a sound effect yep that's a that's a great bit (laughs) it's a great bit uh and and um uh, there's a door that you knock on and it never opens. <laughs> I was just knocking on this door. Oh, like, do you not get, you can, you can open the door. Oh, I was so no, no, no. So if you do, if you do one of the other side quests or whatever, I don't remember exactly what it all entails, but one of the chains of like the side quests leads you to someone being like, if you knock on the door with like shaving a haircut, it'll open and it'll take you to the roof of the hotel and there will be a guy there. He's like, I need you to smuggle this pigeon into the next level. It has secret messages in it. It's like a dead pigeon and you have to basically eat it. Like it just shows you putting it up to your face and then feathers flying out of you. Uh, and then you carry on. Oh my uh, God. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know. I <laughs> yep. just knocked on that door for like 20 seconds. No, 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 no. You can totally get in. You just have to knock with shaving a haircut. Okay. I think it's the side quest the guy in the uh, alleyway gives you where he's like, Go to the mailbox, then go to the uh, go to the 
like newspaper outlet and then you get like a you get one of the, the newspapers that's marked has like a tape player in it when you open up the newspaper machine mm-hmm. and that tells you to go to the hotel and knock that way okay yeah so there's a lot of stuff that i like missed just because of how uh, dense this first area is uh, mm-hmm. you dig out a bunch of pigeons yep What about Destiny? I feel like I'm dominating this a little bit. No, 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 that's fine. No, I just wanted everyone to give their favorite, basically, or anything they want a specific shout-out, yeah. so Destiny. I didn't know that in the very beginning you could um, set the clock to noon. Like, I could not figure out how to get in the Russian consulate. And it <laughs> clearly says on the wall that it's lunchtime. And I love that when you do set it to lunchtime, there's just a bunch of construction workers that come down like a 1950s cartoon. Um, my favorite thing, and I, it'll probably be the thing I point out in most of these is I love the weird, like subdued NPC dialogue. Yes. Um, and so once you degauss the pigeons, you're giving them to this guy who's like, I'm going to make my Mima's favorite pigeon pie recipe. <laughs> and so he puts the pigeons in a microwave and then out comes a pie. And then he, he's like, Oh, smell that pie. It's so good. And then you can touch the pie. And if you touch the pie, you basically like slap it up into his face and he just has pie on his face. But the NPC's voice is just like, ah, oh, it burns. I have fourth degree burns over all of my face. <laughs> yeah. And I love the the weird understated NPC stuff in this game. I think underselling like the dialogue is one of the best parts of the game. Uh, because all of the NPCs are just kind of generic, like grunt barks, basically, but out like drawn out to a ludicrous degree. <laughs> Uh, that that one's great because that gag repeats and each time like the process to get the food on the guy's face is more ridiculous yep. like, they'll come up yep. on, on some eggs and be like oh I wonder what happens if we click these eggs and obviously they fly across the room to the guy who's standing on the other side who you didn't see based on how a level was designed if, if you talk <laughs> yep. to him first he asks you to make him breakfast okay <laughs> nice um, and then uh Worth pointing out, because uh, they aren't really gags, but in between level one and two and level two and three are these moments in which you're like Polly Blank is kind of just chilling out. Yep. Uh, in one and two, you're at like a koi pond and you're feeding the fish like uh, like bread pieces from a bag that you have next to you. And then in between two and three, you're at like a Buddhist temple where you can like walk around like the uh, balcony and then you go inside and you light some incense and you hit the gong and you like kneel down and like one, it's like aesthetically perfect in that a lot of these like 60s spy kind of narratives have random like mysticism elements when they try to get like serious about their plots. And I love that they incorporated that in this, but also it creates like this really kind of like peaceful, quiet space. It's actually really beautiful and actually really calming uh, when the rest of the game is basically like zany all the time nonsense. <laughs> I like these moments where it just, it just steps away and like has the confidence to be silent and calm for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the game actually is served really well by those. They're some of my favorite moments in the game. Yeah, I agree. So part two, level two is the sushi restaurant, or it's like the Japantown alley and up to the sushi restaurant where you have to go and steal a guy's robotic kidney that he's like trying to smuggle into the country. Uh, <laughs> Jackson, your favorite gag in this level. Uh, hmm. Or the one you want to point out. I'm trying to think. I, uh, it might just be the like ending of the level in which uh, you finally get the um 
uh you, you, so the process to getting this guy's kidney is to uh like just get it get him to eat the food he can't eat and you just walk into well first off you walk into the guy's uh, uh toilet and obviously it's empty and you go to the girl's toilet and he's there and the vomit on the walls is just like a rainbow disaster <laughs> it's a rainbow like yes yeah it does and you, you pick up a kidney and he's like have a nice day and you, <laughs> and you're like, oh this is great oh. um okay so right before this level i think is the one where your director is just lying on the floor am i right yes. yeah like okay so before each mission your directory tells you what he needs you to do and you're sitting in his weird little office and at the end of every directive, he always says he has to do something and he pretend like, or not pretends, or like he essentially walks down some stairs or he does that gag where he pretends to walk down the stairs behind his desk. And for some reason, this was the level where I decided to get up and like look behind his desk and he's just lying on the floor, completely oh, lifeless. You didn't do it on the first one? <laughs> no, I didn't think to. So that was the part where I discovered it. I also really liked, um, the end of like when you're leaving the sushi restaurant with the kidney and there's a bunch of goons that are trying to like stop you and you can just knock them over and it makes bowling pin noises and there's a bunch of like anytime they speak they say something jokey or a pun about bowling well yeah at first it's just like stop wait and then one of them like runs up to you is just like bowling joke and then you knock him yeah, over yeah yeah that's <laughs> the guy that at the, me laugh at the, the guy that just at the goes, very end bowling joke at the very end, right, like, before the exit of the level, there's, like, five guys, but one of them is just a giant bowling pin? Yep. <laughs> then there's the guy that yells, spare me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was it's a good delightful. game. Uh, and then my favorite is another NPC. The guy who has the kidney is, like, a cowboy in this weird Japan town. And he just talks, like, in his mumbly, like, Texan, like, southern accent, where he's just, like the affable texas instruments guy where he's like oh like i'm big money tech guy but i'm actually from the south and super charming he's like well yes i this is a nice hat thank you very much and i love his like weird friendly dialogue before you basically poison him to puke up an organ yep uh like he, the nature of him is like quote unquote the villain or target in like a hitman mission as just this most jovial guy with mirrored shades and a giant cowboy hat is so good mm-hmm also, my favorite thing is in, in this game in general, when you're walking around, like it just like if you look at the floor, there's fo- like uh, shoe prints as you walk around. Yeah. But when you go in the sushi restaurant, they're like, please take off your shoes. And so you just have like bare feet footprints in the sushi restaurant. That's really good. Which is the best nice touch. And <laughs> you throw the spiders on the head, chef. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh and uh, then the third level is the resort in which there are no less than half a dozen Hunter S. Thompsons walking around. Uh, and you are there to perform an exchange. This is maybe like the most actually a Hitman mission mission of the game. Uh, well, no, before uh, this mission, you are told to go on a holiday and the sequence in which you get there. Oh, right. Is the map. <laughs> yeah. Cartoon uh, I'm style. To, I'm going to load up some of the names of the places. Because they're so damn good. Yeah, I went no, to every they, single. This is like the weird screen. world building place. Yeah, There's free free Tibet with every purchase. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, like it's like the cartoon sequence with the fake plane flying around the map, and there's little dots everywhere, and each one is a goofy country name replete with uh some Street Fighter Two sound effects, Street Fighter sound effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the like background is different stock footage of journeys and. <laughs> That was my favorite thing. I stayed on... I did that entire map. Like, I was like, this is yep. too... I could not get enough of that stock footage. That was really fun it's for so me. so good. <laughs> that was my um, favorite thing. <laughs> all the country names are ridiculous. Electric Qatar. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. So, uh, yeah. And then uh, you, you get to the, um, the place... Yep. Little island. Uh, anyone's particular best favorite moments of this uh, resort town, which might actually be the biggest area, but like you don't have to engage with a lot of it. Uh, surprisingly, no, you never have to go to the beach, uh, even though I no, I did. but you, you totally should. Yeah, I the beach is great. Beach. Beach is great. I loved. Okay, the pool and everything about the pool. Uh, I'm already talked about the people flying across <laughs> the screen. <laughs> um. But there's this girl, and she's like, I think my boyfriend's drowning. And you go to the pool, and there's a blue man just floating face down. So then you go in the water, and you rescue him, and you bring him back to her. And she's like, he's a weird color. I don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) And then you you just, like, have the blue man, and if you, like, interact, like, if you hit, like, use again, you just toss him aside. Yeah, he's dead, man. (laughs) Which, in my instance, meant tossing him right back into the pool. (laughs) Oh, I could not get enough of those people jumping. Yeah. And then at some point, you, like, it turns into a spy mission, because the whole hotel, it, like, your director gives you these instructions, like, you gotta go find this guy in the lounge, so you have to put on it a disguise, and it's a blonde wig and lipstick, and you can actually, like, just kiss people with it and leave this big kiss mark on them, a uh, lipstick print on them, which is really goofy. And they get hearts around Uh, their heads when you kiss them. Uh, Jackson? Hmm. I think it's the the way you can just go into every single room. If you get the master key, yeah. Yeah, because you just just take the key from the the cleaner, and then you just go into the key, and just someone's getting married in their room, and you walk in between them (laughs) and play Quake. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wedding cake. how I discovered... Yeah, wedding cake, Quake. Uh, and it's great. It's this really great moment. Uh, as they're like, who are you? And you just walk between them and just, there's, there's Quake. Because that's how you get married in, in jazz punk. It's, mm-hmm. uh, there's the, uh, was it an alien or a ro- Like, you go down to the back pool where the bar is and you like go to take a drink and then this thing, the alien robot thing, I don't know, I can't remember what it was, but they like summon and they're like trying to kill you with blasts that you just hit back at them. The fruit? Do you remember? The fruit, yes. Yeah, no, oh, sorry, yeah, as a fruit, you, you do fruit ninja, right. Yeah, when you touch the, when you touch the fruit bowl, uh, like, the Carmen Miranda as Rita Repulsa comes out at you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And delivers the, after 10,000 years, I'm free, it's time to conquer Earth, and oh, you have to play fruit ninja. Yeah, how did I forget that it was the Power Rangers riff? Right, yes. Earth. Yep. <laughs> There's also a car in the parking lot on the way to that bar. And if you open the trunk, you can fight it in a Street Fighter style fight where it's just 
Polly Blank versus some Honda. Get it? And you can kick and punch the crap out of the car. <laughs> yeah, I did that as well. It's and if, great. And um, if you lose, you get a screen where the <laughs> there's a dialogue screen, just like Street Fighter, where it just says, Vroom, vroom, vroom. Um, and then, uh, in, I guess my bad habit of just using NPCs as the jokes, if you go into the bar before you're dressed up, there's like a lady there who's like in a grass skirt and a lay, like she's supposed to be like one of the island girls. But if you talk to her, she just has a thick Irish accent. Oh, she's so good. (laughs) Yep. And she's like, no, I just tanned. I'm here to just uh, make money. I'm so exotic. Don't worry about it. I'm from Edinburgh. Yeah. I think she's she's Scottish. She wasn't Irish. Scottish. Right, right, right. Uh, and it's great. It, I, I loved it. I loved just walking up to her because I think she's the first person you talk to. She's mm, one of and them. She just got a ridiculous Scottish accent and then eventually you talk to her again. She's like, oh, I'm hell even vaguely exotic. Yep. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and then as you botch your switching job, you are caught by the villain who is a guy named the editor who looks like an accountant uh and then you have to talk to the guy under the pool to be told that you need to escape the island and escape reality it's, I, yeah i was like wait is the island a simulation is everything a simulation? i i assume the the indicate the implication is that everything is a simulation yep yeah Think you go back into the simulation afterwards yep so who knows and then you have the uh, the like wetworks level where you were running through all of these like tubes in cyberspace and the, everything's like a weird TV pattern. Yeah. And uh, I think that blue screen joke is like the actual best joke of that bit. And, it's such a good uh, joke. It's so great. It's a, it's a really small level, but that joke is really good. <laughs> There's also a bunch of good puns with the NPCs in that area. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a bunch of bad computer puns. That's <laughs> what I want. That's what I want. Yep. No, which uh, leads you to the final level in which you infiltrate the, or you are asked basically to come to the editor's uh, penthouse suite because he has your boss and his receptionist and you have to save them by uh, performing a bunch of mini games where you compete against the editor and uh, generally hang out in his penthouse and it's very swank, but he's a filthy cheater. And will win all of the games. Uh, he didn't win. Not the, all of the games. I beat him at the tennis but... game. Oh, okay, I didn't know you could do that. I beat him at the uh, at the racing. Oh, I, I could. I could. I couldn't beat him in the racing. I said no. Do you know how I beat him in the tennis game? Here's a good gag. Hmm. Uh, so I was like won a couple points, but then just he was he was too good. So then I'm like, wow, what do I do? Pick I like clearly clicked in the wrong place. So I picked up a chair. Oh. Walked around the other side of the net, bashed him with the chair. <laughs> And then I won. <laughs> oh Great. my god, that's good. It looks like a Virtual Boy. That whole yes. scene, yep. like you put on a Virtual Boy, essentially, load it up, and you're playing. Like the funniest part is, he walks you to an actual like yep, tennis court where there's two Virtual Boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you put it on, and it just mimics everything that's actually around you. <laughs> yeah. It's good. and then it was like great for me because I like walked around away from my side of the court and ended the game like punching him in the face and then took off the virtual boy and was in the same space I originally was. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, that, that, that level has a great bunch of gags. Like there's um 
uh, before you even begin the level, when you go back to the train station and everyone's a cardboard cutout, but it's yeah. framed in a way that you don't realize that until you click and it full and the receptionist falls over, and uh, whilst this tape recorder is giving you um, the, the the mission dialogue, she like her her um cardboard model just falls in through the door even though she was already on the floor <laughs> somehow. <Yeah. laughs> That's great. Uh, you showing up in the penthouse and having the director give you a briefing from his own cell where he is trapped is also great. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite uh, section. There were so many, there were so many hilarious things in that section. I could not deal with how silly that was. There's a really psycho good. reference when you go into the shower. <laughs> Where you think you're gonna, like the screen, you, you approach a figure, a shadow figure in the shower, uh, and then you pull back the shower curtain. The screen goes to black and white, by the way, before this happens. And then it's just like a basketball sitting on some boxes instead of an actual person. I think it, they actually play as the Psycho Sting, or at least something very similar. Yeah, no, it totally, it totally does, oh, yeah. so good. Uh, and then, like, if you interact with the record player, you can, like, scratch, like, a DJ this yep. track. Words. Yep, you can replace the. There's records lying around the apartment too, and you can replace what records. Oh are. my gosh, I didn't do that. That's cool. Go back and do that. Yep. Um, my favorite gag in this entire thing is, uh, in the like on top of the building where like the Gravy Race '64 takes place. There's just a bunch of people hanging out in a hot tub, and if you go up to that hot tub, <laughs> like there's just this giant control panel that you can mess with, and everyone's like, "Come in, the water's fine." And one of the buttons is puree. Yeah. And when you press that button, like the whirlpool starts like spinning and spitting, and then everyone is churned into like bloody slop with like first, eyeballs in the it. First button I pressed. Yes. Yeah, yep, no. First button I pressed. Yep. Uh, and then, and then like there's a lady on one of the lounge chairs, and she's like, "I'm thirsty. Get me a drink." And if you there's like a cup next to her, but it's empty, so you can take the cup and then go to the hot oh, tub no! and fill it up with the slop, and then give it to her. And she's like, mmm, this is tasty. And then he's like, if you just like let her talk, she's like, mmm, I love the way these people taste. I love eyeballs. <laughs> That's I good. did that, but I didn't let the dialogue go that long. That's really good. Yeah, no, she totally knows what she's drinking. She just does not care. That's amazing. Yeah, the gravy gag made me laugh really hard when he just hands you a packet of gravy and it's like, add water and you just throw it into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so weird. And then, uh, and then you you challenge the director to a bunch of games, and there's no way the to editor. win all of them. The editor. The editor, sorry. And uh, then as he's, like, on the podium getting his trophy, you have to collect six trophies to fill up his ego meter. Uh, and so he's, like, wearing a wrestling belt and a tiara and a sash and holding trophy and flowers. And uh, he, as he does, he inflates every time, and then you pop him, and you win. You win. You do. And then, like, uh, the text that has always been floating in the world appears behind you saying, like, save the director, and you walk over the text to get back to the original. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, that stuff's so good. And it's it's great. Uh, (laughs) You find the receptionist trapped in gravy, uh, not gravy, in jelly, uh, and you start, like, you bring out a spoon and start eating it, and it just says 26 hours later. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then you find the director in his tube, and you are given an option. Uh, f- it's like free the director or gatorize. And uh, oh, free the director is like taped over something. Yep. And clearly a trap. 
And I'm fairly sure did, whichever one you press, the same thing will happen. If Did you hit Free the Director, Jackson? No. Okay, if you hit the Free Director, yeah, the, the sign falls off and it also says Gatorize. Okay, <laughs> good. good. So then you Gatorize him, he breaks out, he turns into an alligator, he breaks out, and he eats you, and you slide down his esophagus, and you get treated to Zucker Brothers style police squad fake credits. It's so good. Uh, which yep, as you're just walking through his esophagus or his body, which is weird to me because I was watching that like, oh, I guess that's the final gag. That's fine. Uh, like being eaten by a crocodile. Sure, I guess that's the ending. I was expecting something a little bit more punchy, and you walk th- all the way through the credits. And then get to the real ending of the game, which is uh, this recorded tape message inside him going, I recorded this message in case I became tra- transformed into a crocodile and ate you. And <laughs> <laughs> I'd lost it. it. Like, perfect. Wow. Yeah. It also implies like, that he was the one that trapped the secretary into the jelly because he knew yes. it was yep. going to happen and he wanted her to taste good. And he's like, say hi to her if she's down there. <laughs> Yeah, and then gives you your last mission all, which is specially formulated for just this like situation that you take, and then the game actually ends. Yep. Uh, and that's just so fun. everybody. Everybody enjoyed the game, I assume. Yes, yes, we did. It was so great. I can't wait to play it again. <laughs> yeah, no, like the best part. Like I hadn't played it since it was new, but going back to it, I enjoyed it just as much the second time. To be honest. <laughs> Uh, I think, like, the first three missions are better than when the plot happens. Like, I enjoy poking around more than I enjoy having to go through all the stuff. As much as, like, the penthouse is cool. Yes. Like, uh, the games you have to play with the editor are dumb and bad. Oh, uh, the part? <laughs> like, kind of intentionally so, but man, they're bad. They're like, really committed. You've got to do four fucking golf snooker things. Yep. got to play mini golf with a pool cue. There's a, um... Like a robotic cat in the apartment, and if you interact with it, mm-hmm. you get to play a fun game where you are essentially the cat, and you have to like rip up things. Oh to yeah, get money. What? It's it's basically cat lateral damage. Before that was a game. Okay, yeah, 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 and that that was delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the mini games in this is great. Are great. Uh, we forgot to. I wanted to shout out the uh, Pizza Hut kind of game where you're like in a zombie world and you have like a pizza like shovel and a cutter and you're fighting zombies up to the pizza hut which is basically the walking dead cabin <laughs> or not walking dead uh, evil dead cabin yeah. where like everything laughs at you as the the like minigame ends i love that a bunch. yeah the zombies i'm always like down for an evil dead reference there's also a um gag in the sushi uh restaurant where or no, 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 no. It's a house you go to before you get to the sushi restaurant where this woman asks you to go kill flies in her vase shop. Yeah. And yeah. you just end up smashing all the vases. Yeah. I So this time I actually ended up swatting all the flies without breaking a single vase. Oh, it doesn't change anything. That's really I good. good. I smashed. I didn't smash everything, but I, I smashed a ton. And then you can uh, swat all, like, all of the ladies in kimonos become flies in that level. Oh then. my gosh, I didn't know that. No, if you go around and, like, if you swat the lady in the house, she makes, like, jokes about, like, I'm not that kind of girl, or I'm starting to like it. Uh, but then if you go around and swat the other ones, like, their backs are to you, and they'll turn around and they have fly eyes, and then they fly away. That's amazing. Yep. Uh, and I, mo- most other people don't respond, but the, all of the people, the ladies turning into flies and flying away is great. 
But yeah, no, uh, I guess that's Jazzpunk. We kind of went through all of it. People should play it. Uh, if you did, if you didn't, and you, all you think all the jokes are spoiled for you, I assure you they're not. They are, they are you not. should play they it. Are, I'm sure there are things there I There are missed. so many jokes. So for our last segment, we have questions. If you have questions, you can send them to questions at abnormalmapping.com or hit us up on Twitter. Jackson, you want to curate the questions today because they went to you? Oh, great. Fine. Hang on. I don't have them. I thought you were writing them down earlier when you were going through them. No, no, no. I was just reading them. God damn it. Someone should <laughs> should be smart and do things. Uh, okay. They, so we, they went to you. Yeah, they did all go to me. Uh, I like I, even even if they didn't, I usually have you read the questions because I've been hosting. It's true. So, we have a bunch of questions. Uh, I guess I'll... Most of them are dumb, though. M- many of them are very silly, and I guess we'll... Tr- uh, I'll be kind of cur- uh, curatorial, whatever the word is, but we might skip a couple here. We're going to go through. Most of them are from Zaya or uh, Omar or Dylan, friends on Twitter, who decided to just yell questions at us. Uh, and here's a question that I can't answer. What's the Counting Crows' big yellow taxi of video games? I don't even know what that it's is. It's a song. I know that. Yeah, I know. I know. I only know the Counting Crows' Twitter account. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that, yeah. but I really we- like the question. <laughs> well done. Yeah, Zaya was drunk and sending us ridiculous questions, including this one. Are JRPGs the best genre or the worst? And since they are the end of video games, what does this for video games epitaph? (laughs) (laughs) Look, (laughs) JRPGs are just another genre. They're not the end all be all. They're not the death of the genre. They're not dead either. So other podcasts who claim that (laughs) or claim against it can just uh, get bent. Uh, As the kids say in the JRPGs themselves, uh, I don't know. Like they're just they're just other video games. I don't like that RPGs are in every video game now, though. That's the thing that I wish we'd move back away from. Yes, I hope that we will eventually push in a different direction. But yeah, uh, yeah. I don't need to upgrade my character in every game. I would agree that this weird like RPG is dead or not dead or bad or the this or that. Like they're just video games. No, the whole discussion's done. They're better on portable. That's what I'll say. That's true. Was that a mic drop? That was me bumping into my microphone. Oh, I I thought it was M dropping their mic after the statement. My mic's like 15 pounds. I'm not going to drop it on anything. (laughs) Uh, Dylan asks, because apparently this was the day to ask this question in different forms. Uh, What is the adding some lemon juice to cut through the sweetness of video games? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Does it mean like modding like i what i don't know 
Okay. Okay. Please ask us the good questions, Jackson. Okay. Uh, I thought you said you were going to curate. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. what happened to that? <laughs> oh, yeah, what happened to that? Uh, well, Dylan, Dylan was uh, annoyed that we hadn't answered his email from like two months ago of other ridiculous What was questions. the email? It, it, it's in this list. It has like okay. six questions in it. I will pick a couple. Okay. Uh, Dylan, if you want us to answer questions, stop asking stupid questions. Uh, what are the best train levels in video games? This is an actual question we can take. Let's go. So categorically the best train level in video games is when squall and company watch renoa badly explain the plan to hijack a train in final fantasy 8 yes. before you hijack a train categorically and you talk about your ludicrous plan that is too complicated but you don't actually have to pay attention and they talk about how bad renoa is at painting trains that's the best train level in video games it's so good <laughs> yeah no, it's it's great. Uh, the opening of Final Fantasy thirteen. No one's gonna say that. No one's gonna. <laughs> no say one's that. gonna say that. Mums are tough. It, it's not even a level, to be fair. Mums are tough. Yeah, no, mums are tough. Uh, there is a boss that's a train in Final Fantasy six. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna stick to Final Fantasies. I can't Apparently. think of any train levels personally. Uh, there ain't no getting off this train we're on. <laughs> I'm at non-Final Fantasy trains. I can't think of any. Someone. In- oh, I could think of a bunch, but I, I, I do want to shout those ones out, actually. Someone in this Twitter thread uh, mentions Paper Mario A Thousand Year Door. Uh, I haven't played I that. I haven't played, but I'll play the train murder mystery. Yep. I don't understand this question, so I'll be very quick about it. Uh, it, it. Where is it? Where the hell is it? Where's it gone? If Gears of War is football... What is uh, and Vanquish is soccer. What is the lacrosse of cover shooters? What the? F- <laughs> <laughs> what the terrible fuck? question. What is going so, on? So, so Gears of I get why Gears of War is football. Like that makes sense to me. I don't get why I'm... Vanquish is soccer. Yep. I don't get it either. Don't worry. My response was, "Oh God, you don't know what you've done." <laughs> like Vanqu- like if you want to talk about it, like a thing that only weirdos like that is actually bad then I guess it totally is the soccer hey! but I'd like to think that soccer is better than soccer's that soccer is better than Vanquish the world loves yeah, soccer yeah no I, I agree like lacrosse is like the elitist fiddly version right like that's, that's the answer so, wait, that's like, Vanquish <laughs> I was gonna say that like the last of us is the lacrosse then I guess yeah alright sure done moving yeah. on because it's still a cover shooter, but it like like it bears almost no resemblance to something like Gears of War. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, skip that one. Skip that one. Uh, I'm just gonna put this one in here so you can put out your rebuttal. Uh, why has Retronauts made retro games so boring? So the like I get it, I get it, I get it. But I listen to Retronauts and have listened to Retronauts since they were basically new, uh, and they're old. That's the answer. Like. They are old ass, mostly men recounting their old ass opinions about when they were playing video games when they were new. Uh, they're fine. I don't know. Like, I like the episodes which when the laser time folks show up because I think they're more colorful. They're generally about weirder things because uh, Jeremy Parrish has never encountered anything that wasn't a video game, basically. <laughs> uh, same with Ray, but laser time guys will throw down with something dumb uh, and talk about Nick Arcade. And those episodes are always great. Um, I I don't know. Like they're trying to be a place for you to like they're they're meant to be an educational podcast, not like a have fun podcast. I think they do all right with that more or less. Like 
uh, it's where I learned, like, early Retronauts is where I learned a lot of the things I know about video games that I haven't played. And it was very useful about that. And I think they've gotten a lot better in their podcasts since they've relaunched at, under their Patreon. Because before that, they had, like, a dozen episodes that were just fucking terrible. Uh, where, like, they did a Planescape Torment episode because it was, like, a Kickstarter backer request or whatever. But, like, only, like, two of the five people on there had played Planescape Torment. No! It was just a disaster. No! Yeah, no, it, that's, like, the that low one. point of Retronauts. Yeah, it's so bad. Um, and, uh, but they, I feel like they've gotten better. Like, they're going back and doing, like, they're basically now going back and doing episodes that used to, they, they did when they did one-up episodes because those are hard to find now like they exist you can get them but they're hard to find and they're really old so like doing new like nintendo 64 episodes and stuff is actually really interesting especially since i think the opinion on those kind of consoles has shifted a lot in like the 10 years since they've done those episodes for sure uh because retronauts is an old ass podcast also <laughs> never forget that part never will. uh I think it's fine. Like, I get it if it's not your bag, but maybe just don't listen. I don't know. Like, there are other ways to get that information. You can just watch a YouTube channel if you're, like, 12, and that's how you ingest media. <laughs> Why do you have to be 12? That's Because that's who that's uses YouTube. YouTube. I watch YouTube almost every night. So do I. I know. This is a slide against Omar. Don't oh, worry about okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here are just a couple questions from Dylan. Put, like, five in on this uh, email. There's a couple here that are interesting. Uh, what is the best slow gun in a video game? <laughs> I don't best know. Slow gun. <laughs> Sorry, that's really. I love the way the question's worded. Yeah, it's a very Dylan question. Uh, the um, is it the Stinger or the Nikita in Metal Gear? It's a, the it's one the that Nikita. you guide by yourself. That's the Nikita. Yeah, the Nikita is a is a fucking great gun that might be that might be the winner yeah um, like probably something in ratchet and clank honestly <laughs> any of the weird goofy weapons in that game are pretty good uh i don't play a lot of like games with guns honestly so i'm probably the wrong person to ask about this <laughs> uh, i've played a lot in my time but i tend to use the assault rifles and you know i'm very rarely a slow gun guy i'm like a pistol sniper rifle kind of player i'm pistol never sniper never sniper Get out of here with this shit. Uh, I mean, you know, I played Mass Effect as an infiltrator. You know how it is. Eh, sure, I guess. Uh, you could play Mass Effect. <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, sure. Yeah, no, I know. That, that part's true. <laughs> uh, I'll pick one more of these. Hmm. Which one? Uh, okay, sure. This is entirely for you, Em. Because I could okay. like, kind of answer, but this is more your zone. What is the best 3D platform action adventure game? Which, as I've been playing Sonic, is a genre I've been like, oh, I missed it. I should go like play some an old Wait, and Clank game. Best 3D platform game or best 3D action adventure game? Because those are different things. I'm gonna call that platformer. I think it, he means like a Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank, Mario 64 type. You know, like those I'm, are different things. Those are different things. I, that's what I'm. I'm. That's what I think the intent is. Okay. So if you want, like, a game that is a hybrid of both platforming and action-adventure, like, I'm going to answer based on that. How about that? Okay. Because if you want action-adventure, like, straight up, like, like eh, okay, so I'm going to give you two answers. The uh, the correct answers are Ratchet & Clank Crack in Time, mm -hmm. which is the only game that, like, even touches the brilliance of Mario Galaxy in terms of being a 3D platformer uh, in that era. Um and the second answer is uh, Enslaved, which 
is huh. has platforming elements yeah. and is an action adventure game and is super great. I love that game so much. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I want to ask you just what's what would you say as your favorite of like the PS2 uh, earlier era? Mm. It's like pre two thousand and three, like best three D platformer of your. Uh, I mean, Mario 64. Okay, best non-Mario 64 3D platformer, because that's too easy. Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> okay, because that, that's what I want. Is it that? Is it, uh, like... That's just, like... Jack? So, I don't know. Like, people like Jack. There are no good 3D platformers on the PlayStation, period. And I don't, like, you can argue with me, but you're wrong. Like, it just doesn't exist. <laughs> like, like Klonoa's good. Klonoa's 2D game, though. Like, you know, like, get bent. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of fondness for the first Bomberman on 64 it's like a weird puzzle platformer game uh it's a weird it's a weird ass game and I I kind of mostly sit out sat out the PS2 era a lot uh I like Tomb Raider Legend a lot I guess that's a late PS2 game mm-hmm. but that's after 2003 yeah um I like the first Sly Cooper Sly well Co- enough cool. mm-hmm. uh Ratchet and Clank's fine but like the later ones are the exact same game and better so just play one of the more recent ones mm-hmm. uh like they don't change those games at all. They're just they just got better at making them. Yeah. Uh, and like Prince of Persia: Sands of Time is like one of the greatest games ever made. So play that, I guess. Cool. Yeah, no, I just wanted to get your opinion on like that landscape of games. It's fine. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um. I guess that's it. I guess we're done. Yeah. So next month, all three of us are going to be back and playing the classic, the indelible Final Fantasy VI. If you call it three, don't listen to this fucking podcast. <laughs> That's my rule. Dr. Uh, Robotnik. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, Destiny, I could not find my GBA cart, so you're probably going to be playing it the same way we are. Okay. Which uh, is, we are going to be playing the GBA version, but uh, with some mods to restore the music and uh, fix the color changes that they made to the Game Boy Advance version. Uh, but that's probably the version we're all going to be playing. Yes. Um, you can get a bad, uh, mobile port on steam or you could get it on your phones. It's, it looks awful. Don't play that. Uh, you could probably get the PS one re-release on, uh, Vita or PS three. That version's okay. It has like some load time problems, but it's like totally playable if that's what you want. Um, and I think, the original G or Super Nintendo Final Fantasy 3 is available on the Wii eShop. Not the Wii U eShop, but the Wii eShop. You can get that on your Wii U, of course, or your Wii. Uh, I assume everybody still has a Wii. I have a Wii. I have a Wii. My Wii is broken. Um. Well, you did have a Wii. Yeah. And uh, we'll be doing that and in November. We have like seven weeks, all of us, to do it. Uh, please look for that on the day after. Actually, we'll probably do it the day before Thanksgiving is when we're going to put out that episode. You eat some turkey and you listen to that episode and you have a good goddamn time, please. And thank you. Uh, so, where can people find Destiny? At BridgeBuzzNow on the Twitter.com. And um, Em and I recorded an episode of Badland Girls recently, which is on BadlandGirls.com and the iTunes. Jackson. You can find me at HeadfulsOff uh, on Twitter at HeadfulsOff.com and I've just launched a new podcast uh, with me, Ted Lee, and James Hearn. Yes, James Hearn uh, discussing uh, anime and watching Code Geass. Don't worry if you hate anime culture, so do we. Uh, Come on down and listen to that. We are... uh, Does it have a name yet? Yes, it is uh, Keikaku Means Plan at KeikakuMeansPlan.com 
<laughs> okay, that's that is the most weeb ass beautiful name. Yeah, Good job. I'm very proud. <laughs> we we discovered that kekakemi'splan.com was available, and there was because we we have, were having a discussion before. So behind the scenes, we're recording our first episode. Like shit, we don't have a name. All right, I want it to be inclusive. I do, I want it to like be a name that doesn't say we're this weeb in jokey podcast. But then we stumbled upon the best weeb in jokey name, and we couldn't help ourselves. So. Make of that what you will. It's going to be a good time. Please enjoy the show. All right. And uh, you can find uh, me. Uh, I have a Wonder Woman blog where I write about Wonder Woman comics, both new and old, and the TV shows and various accoutrements at allofthewonderwoman.wordpress.com. That updates every weekday for the foreseeable future until I get tired. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. Abnormal Mapping, of course, can be found at abnormalmapping.com, on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Please rate and review us. Check out our YouTube channel. Jackson's probably playing Final or Mega Man 5 at this point, uh, because I better fucking be done with Gunstar Heroes by the time October is over. Jesus Christ. Never. Never. Uh, but you can, you can watch me struggle through Gunstar Heroes. I like that game a lot. It's way harder than I remember it being, but I'm doing I'm getting there. I'm very close to the end. Uh, and that's it. Everybody go home, have a good time, play some video games. It's the best time to be playing video games. Let's just steal other podcast <laughs> bits. Goodbye, friends. Bye. Bye.